Hey, hey, glad you're here. Rarely do I recommend movies or TV shows because it seems like you have to sift through so much worthlessness to find anything worthy. But that is not the case with The Chosen. It's a series depicting the ministry of Jesus. Each season has several episodes, and it's actually just finished its second season. It's not on regular TV or Netflix or Amazon Prime. You have to go to your app store and, and just click on the little search magnifying glass, and then you, uh, you just put in The Chosen. And, and you can watch it on your computer. You can watch it on your phone. You can mirror image it up to your television. You can watch it free of charge. And you have the option to pay it forward to make it possible for someone else to watch too. So for the next couple months, I'd like to make a few remarks each week when we're together. And then we'll watch it. Not here, but you'll watch it at your leisure. And then we'll get... To together the next week and build on that and talk about the next episode and watch it again. I'm, I, I'm, I'm really pumped about this. I, I think us going through this together will make a difference. It's already, it's already opened my mind to some things about Jesus that I, I'm just thrilled over. I, I'm, really wanting, I'm really wanting as many people as possible to experience this. So let's get into it. Episode 1, Season 1. One of Jesus' early followers in his ministry was a woman named Mary. Now, very popular name then, very popular name now. How are you going to decipher which Mary you're talking about? She's referred to in Scripture as Mary Magdalene. Uh, she was from the town of Magdala. Just like Jesus was from Nazareth, and he was sometimes referred to as Jesus the Nazarene because Jesus was such a popular name. So... Mary was referred to as Mary Magdalene. We don't know much about her except that she had seven evil spirits, seven demons that at some point were expelled or removed from her. Another character, much more well-known, that's introduced in this episode is Peter the fisherman along with his brother, Andrew. Another character, Matthew the tax collector. You might already know that tax collectors were notorious swindlers who would overcharge their countrymen in an effort to line their own pockets. Matthew, being a Jew, would have been despised by his fellow Jews, especially fishermen like Peter and Andrew, who may have had an encounter with him. And if they didn't, they had an encounter with a tax person just like him. The final main character introduced in this first episode, we have some information on in Scripture. His name is Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And the Pharisees were a legalistic, separatist group who strictly but often hypocritically tried to follow the Mosaic Law. So, so think about who Jesus is bringing together here. You've got an educated religious leader You've got uneducated, crass fishermen. You've got a backstabbing, disloyal tax man and a demon-possessed woman. I mean, you put those people together in a group and you've got a recipe for disaster. There's no way they're going to find unity. What could Jesus possibly be thinking? Well, Jesus is, let us, is letting us know something very important. It matters not where you're from, or what you've done. 
Jesus chooses you. You are his chosen. This first episode centers around an ancient prophecy that is just as relevant and meaningful today as it was when it was written some 2,700 years ago. Isaiah 43.1 Thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Where we are from and what we have done just doesn't matter to the one who created us and formed us and redeemed us, who purchased us. Think about it. God knows everything from beyond our understanding of whatever the beginning is. And he knows everything about us that's beyond our understanding of whatever the ending is. He created, formed, and redeemed us. He wants us. Another scene in this episode is with Nicodemus. And he and his wife are preparing for a Sabbath gathering. And he's trying to explain something to her. And he's looking at a mirror of very, very poor quality. It's very blurry and you can hardly make anything out. And he asks her, and he says, come over here, look in this mirror with me. And when the two of them are looking in the mirror, he says, Sometimes I wonder if what we can know of Adonai, one of God's names, of what we can know of Adonai in the law, is just as blurred. What if we're not seeing the whole picture? What if it's more beautiful and more strange than we could ever imagine? About 15 years ago, a woman named Nicole Nordeman wrote a song called What If? And in the refrain, she writes... What if there's more? What if there's hope you've never dreamed of hoping for? What if you jump and just close your eyes? What if the arms that catch you catch you by surprise? What if, what if he's more than enough? Y'all, what if the love that Jesus has for us, what if that love is more than anything we can understand that's not conditional? It's based on who he is, not, not who we are or what we do. That in fact, we can't make him love us more. <laughs> we can't even make him love us less. The key ancient prophecy we just read ends with the most promising two phrases. I have called you by your name. You are mine. We are intimately known, and he claims us as his own. What if he's more? There's a touching story of a priest in Argentina who met a young mother whose husband abandoned her and their children. She didn't have steady income, so between jobs she would prostitute. She continued attending church through this season, and the church helped her children with food and clothing. And one day she came to the building and she asked to see the priest. And the priest wrote about their encounter. He said, I assumed she wanted to thank me for the package of food, so I asked her if she received it. 
Yes, thank you for that, but I've come to thank you for more. She continued, You know, I lived a life of sin. As those words came out of her mouth, tears came down her cheeks. But you never stopped calling me Senora, the Spanish word for a married woman of dignity. The priest went on to write, Experiences like this teach you how important it is to welcome people delicately and not wound their dignity. He said for her, the fact that a priest continued to call her Senora was as important or perhaps even more important than food and clothing that we gave her. What if he's more? What if he refuses to treat us as our sins deserve? What if he removes our sin as far as the East is from the West, never to come back together? What if he buries our sin in the ocean, never to be recovered? What if he who knew no sin, who never sinned, became sin, became the summation of all of our sin to make us right with him forever? Now, able to live with him indefinitely. Y'all, what, what if he's more? If he's created us, if he's formed us, if he's redeemed us, if he calls us by name, if he claims us as his own, what have we to fear? 